it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. We are getting together. Draft day one is in the history books. We are a few hours ahead of the second day kicking off with rounds two and three to come. Um, We thought we'd get together. We thought we'd gather a few of us and get some initial thoughts, some hot takes that you could sit and listen to before we get into those later rounds or afterwards. Uh, And then you could probably point all the places where we go wrong from here. But, gentlemen, joining me this evening, Ian Stephen, and all the way from America, Gordon McGuinness. How are you? How's it going? I'm doing good. I had absolutely bugger all reason to stay up for this one. Uh, Unfortunately, due to holiday travel plans for the first time since 2013, I didn't stay up and watch it live. I instead recorded it and watched it earlier on today when I came home. However, I, I missed a doozy. Lots of trades, lots of interesting picks, some unexpected early reaches, some players available much later in the draft that nobody thought would be. Uh, I think Ian Stephen will get to talk to you about that in a bit, but let's start at the very top. Oh, don't, um, don't presume you'll be able to talk to me about that. I may keep my own counsel on such a subject. <laughs> I'm sure you bloody well won't because the Eagles played a absolute blinder um but let's start at the very top of this right so the carolina panthers obviously gave up an awful lot bryce young off the board first i don't think anyone was overly surprised good pick much to add we talked about this before i so i think i think he's the best quarterback in the class the only where i think the debate should have been is whether or not um, Anthony Richardson would have made more sense because you've given up a lot of trade up, and should you should you chase that like very high ceiling? But by all intents and purposes, the a lot of the stuff I heard from people over here this week, from what they were hearing, it was that pretty much the entire NFL had it Bryce Young number one, um, and then everything else. So I think it makes sense. The we talked about the whole Drew Brees comparison. Obviously, the height thing seems to be the biggest thing that comes out about him. This the exact same height as Kyler Murray, but he's not the same player as Kyler Murray. It's not a good comparison. Drew Brees was a great pocket passer. Um, and I guess the one thing you're going to want to do there is perhaps analyze the overall height of his offensive line and maybe start to pick a few players that maybe just have a few less inches up top. Uh, and therefore it's less of a wall that he has to get over to see his own his own teammates. But we saw how massively successful Drew Brees was. We know that prototypal quarterbacks are obviously in demand, but it isn't everything. The best who've ever played the game isn't a prototypal quarterback, um, as has been much talked about with these draft tape and, or sorry, his combine tape and all that jazz. But, you know, you look at the career Brady had, you look at Drew Brees. Have we unlocked a new Cameron pronunciation where he's saying prototypical? What did I say? Prototypal? Prototypical. (laughs) Possibly. It's been a long week. Um, Stop picking me up on No one would have even noticed. Right. um, Fine. Bryce Young, off the board listen, early. Listen, listen, I felt NFL Network did him dirty with his comparison. They decided to compare him to Doug Flutie, which was a horrific comparison to make. You're talking about 
somebody who like made one sensational play in college, then ten years later meandered into a credibly poor Bills team in the NFL. It's a horrible comparison for them to make. Poor guy. You know, my my favorite um, Bryce Young uh, comparison that I saw was Steph Curry in the NBA because that whole same thing about smaller guy, so you know wasn't expected to be good in the NBA but just has like a really good feel for the game and knows where to find passes and shots, all those things. And I, I, I think when you watch Bryce Young in college, that's exactly the type of guy he is. I think he had, by far out of the guys in this class, I think he had the best feel for the game. Uh, there was a lot of chat about the player that came off the board second, CJ Stroud. Um, obviously the more prototypal quarterback. Um no, it's, 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 proto- not it's, it's prototypical. It's prototypical. That's what. I, prototypal's not a word. <laughs> pro, prototypal is if you want somebody to be to the ultimate keyboardist. Prototypical. Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. I'll just edit this bit out. Um, no, please don't. No, I won't because I've not got the time. Um, but obviously, there's been a lot talked about his numbers. Uh, he is more the prototype quarterback of the two. Um, but ultimately, you know, there was maybe some questions that the Texans might not go quarterback with their first pick. However, given that they then traded up to come and get pick number three, which we'll come on to in a minute, less of a surprise. They pick up Stroud. Mills wasn't the man. Definitely not. I don't think there was really any doubt. If it wasn't going to be Will Anderson at two, it was going to be Stroud. If they knew what they were doing next, they came and got both anyway. But they've got their quarterback now, right? And I think they must really believe in him because of what they did at three. Because there's no, like, they're now out of any kind of quarterback discussion next year. Um, Well, they've still got two first picks next year. Depends which one they gave up. They gave up their own. And that's not a good enough roster. Oh, right. So, right. Okay, so I I hadn't realised that. Um, Although, with the Browns, you never know. It might actually still be the better one to give up. If I had to make a guess on what happened with that whole situation, I would bet that people in charge in Houston wanted Bryce Young. He was the only quarterback they wanted. When it became apparent they were not going to get Bryce Young, I think they've probably gone to ownership and they've said, look, we don't like the quarterbacks in this draft class, so we're going to take Will Anderson at two, and we're going to go and we're going to get you know, a quarterback next year because we think we'll probably still struggle, all that stuff. And I suspect the owner in the days leading up to the draft has said, we're not coming out of those first two picks that we have without a franchise quarterback or without an attempt at a franchise quarterback. So they've then had this thing where they've gone, well, let's take him and then let's move up. And we'll, we'll get onto that in a minute. I, I'm not I, I'm not a fan of the of what they gave up. I think there's, it's, it's very important when you, you realise that teams have got all these metrics when it comes to separating the quarterbacks. They, they look at um, the physicals, the measurables, they look at intangibles. But I think in this situation, Houston just looked at which quarterback was probably least likely to commit a sex offence. And they felt that would be the best player for them going forward. I think that's how they probably analysed it. And credit to CJ Stroud for being the least perverted out of this year's group of quarterbacks. <laughs> yep. Um, 
with their number three pick, they then obviously get their quarterback. Now, the Texans have suffered enough, right? They've suffered as fans. I think another year without taking the quarterback is another year of them just treading water. Um, At least they go get their guy. They start to build around them. They go and make the trade. We'll talk about what they gave up. But first of all, let's talk about what they got. They got Will Anderson. We talked about this a bit. Um, I think some of the feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Ian, you felt that maybe he wasn't the best defensive player at his position in the draft, but there was an awful lot of hype about him. Um, He's got a lot of numbers uh, and ultimately, the Texans believed because they gave up. They came up and got, and ultimately got their franchise quarterback, got the player that they probably wanted with D'Amico Ryan's there. Uh, and there's lots of high fiving, lots of headlines, lots of A plus grading going on uh, already just out there, day one performance. I think that Will Anderson's a good player, but Will Anderson is nowhere near the level of defensive end that's taken top five in the last four, five, six drafts. Um, and I think that Will Anderson's selection is just purely an Alabama thing with D'Amico Ryans. Um, it's, what's really interesting is the guy that actually shot him out in college. Uh, the Bears drafted him number 10, which shocked everyone. Um, I don't know if that's a kind of direct kind of correlation to, to what happened, but they're getting, they're getting a solid player, but I don't think they're getting somebody that you would trade so much draft capital for to get. Um, that That's the part that I can't get over. I think, so I know you're a big Tyree Wilson guy, Ian. I think if you look at those guys and you say, okay, I can understand uh, preferring Tyree Wilson because he's a um, like big prototypical guy who can, you know, if you were building a defensive end in the lab, that's what you would build. His wingspan's huge, all that stuff. So I, I can get that if you prefer him to Will Anderson. I can also get if you just think, okay, I think Will Anderson was more productive in college and I can, you know, I can get on board with that. But he's not the Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett prospect. And unless it is one of those guys, I just don't see how you can give up your own first round pick next year. This is a Texans roster that was the, the second worst team in football a year ago. They're going to start a rookie quarterback or Davis Mills in all likelihood. Uh, they're the added players, and I think they're going to be better. But is this a team that are picking outside the top 10 next year? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know that they've improved that much. At which point, you're given up a, to move up once uh, to move up from 12 to three. You've given up a first next year. They gave up, I think it was the 33rd overall pick, all that stuff. It's It's really tough to get excited about how much they gave up there. I mean, you'd, you'd look at Spindest still there at, at 13, you'd go all the way down to 31, you get Nolan Smith. The drop-off from Will Anderson to those guys is not as large as the drop-off between Miles Garrett to, to Will Anderson, and they could have easily held out at 12, even traded down again if they wanted to, potentially. Yep. Still, still picked up a reasonable... Edge rusher. There's still a couple of guys that can go in the second round that are reasonably good edge rushers as well. So they must really, really believe in Will Anderson. And it might go beyond just what his physical abilities are. He might be one of those guys that you just have to have in your franchise because he, he kickstarts everything that everything goes through him. He, he sets the tone. Ultimately, I think the Texans as well, like I say, they've suffered. They've made two big moves at the top that are hoping to galvanise underneath new management. 
be interesting to see in time whether it's the right decision or not. Like you say, Gordon, the fact that they've given up their own pick next year may come back to haunt them, but maybe they believe in themselves more than that. Um, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, we'll move on to four then. Another quarterback off the board, Anthony Richardson. Lots of hype around him. Obviously, lack of experience comes into play here, but the size, the prototypical build, um, you know, he is a big runner. He's strong, faster than Cam Newton, bigger than Lamar Jackson, stronger than Michael Vick. I saw one report talking about. Um, he's certainly got the attributes to be capable uh, the Colts, though, have not had a good time with quarterbacks lately. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Well, let's talk about the Colts and how good they are with quarterbacks. Okay. The Colts, the Colts, we have drafted three of the most studly quarterbacks in NFL history. With John Elway, who at the time people thought he was the greatest ever. Then they had Peyton Manning who in my opinion is the greatest ever. I would if if I was if you were to do a fantasy draft of anyone in history, I would take Manning over Brady. And then they picked up Andrew Luck, who if he didn't retire early, he may have gone down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as well. So I think Wan for the Richardson, the question is have they done it for a fourth time? Have they picked up another unicorn that every other GM in the um NFL chases? In terms of potential, there's not been a quarterback with this level of athletic potential coming the NFL since since Vic. In terms of bustability, it's there because there's issues with his mechanics, with his processing, but I don't think you'll get a more exciting player coming into the NFL other than Richardson. You saw how exciting Justin Fields was last season and Richardson's on another level from Fields. So if, if you're a Colts fan, um, you've got to be absolutely hyped about picking this guy up. I think the thing you should be most excited about as well is that uh, you've not had to give anything up. They, there was talk they were going to have to go from four to three to make sure that the Titans didn't get up and block them. Like... I think this was realistically the best case scenario for the Colts was that um, only two quarterbacks came off the board in the first three picks. No one moved up and they were then able to, to do it. If I, Anthony Richardson doesn't pan out... He can play defensive end or linebacker, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll, if he doesn't work out, they'll be bad enough that they'll get another shot at draft a quarterback. Now, the regime probably won't be there to do it, but, you know. Well, like you say, the fact they've not given anything up, but... Um, do you think it's far too early to be saying this? Do you think he starts week one? You know, I know no, it's far no, too early to no, talk no, about no, it. No, no. no. You, you, you're going to go back down the Doug Peterson, Donovan, Donovan McNam route. They brought in Minshew because he knows Shane Steichen's offense. He knows how to run it. He's going to help coach Richardson. He'll start the first few games. They'll be terrible. Then Richardson will be segued into the starting role. But I, I don't think he'll start right away because confidence for a young quarterback is so paramount in the NFL. As soon as you lose that confidence of being able to process when you're in the pocket, then you start... Who, who was it? Was it um, was it Darnold or was it was Zach Wilson that talked about seeing ghosts? That was Darnold. 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 Yeah. Ghosts, oh, yeah. Wilson talked about seeing his friend's mother. 
didn't talk, he didn't talk about it. He did it. Yeah, uh, Texans wouldn't have uh, taken him if they'd known that. Was <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think he should start, but I think he should play. I think you should have things in your playbook to get him in the field because he's too good an athlete to not. Well, like kick return. No, like, like the, I mean, the Ravens did it with Lamar for the first half of the season. I think it was about game three by the time he started playing. They had packages for him. Like, you you imagine the Colts are down at the three-yard line and Minshew comes off the field and they just run, like, some kind of read option package with a six-foot-four, 240-pound quarterback who can get to the edge quicker than anyone. The Colts, I, I feel like I've said this the last couple of years, I still feel like the Colts has got a talent depth in their roster that means a couple of pieces just could really elevate them from work. Well, they're not going to be worse than first because they weren't worst, but um, from terrible to really good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, a summer of experience can can set Richardson up to be um, the player that they need to take them to that place. Uh, it feels like Jonathan Taylor could also really benefit from having that type of quarterback that is that run threat and might re-spark and reignite some of his run game because obviously he didn't have a very good season last season. That offensive line needs to get their act together, though. Um, an interesting one for sure. Um, a surprise at five? Maybe not. Devin Witherspoon going to Seattle? It was a surprise, but I love it. I think he's great. Yeah, uh, I think like, he's think it's awesome. But I, I don't, do you know the weirdest thing about this, though, is if you were looking at the Seahawks, them taking a cornerback, it would have made more sense for them to have done it at 20 and taking like Deontay Banks, who's a bit more physical than this, and Joey Porter Jr., those kind of bigger guys, because that's what they love. But I like when an NFL team goes away from those things. And as much as he's small, he can play press man. Uh, I think he allowed just one yard, uh, one yard in coverage when he was playing press man last year. Like he was he was our highest graded cornerback. Um in Power 5 conferences in college football last year. So I, I think it's a great pick. I, the Seahawks absolutely smashed the first round again. What smashed. I, what, what I really like is when a team realises they've got a cornerstone of the franchise and instead of moving away from that, they double down and they add in another cornerstone at the exact same position and now you're stuck. You, you cannot pass on the outside against the Seahawks now. It's like when you have a bookend pass rusher, bring another one in. Who are you going to double team? You can't double team both. It's the same kind of um, situation with the corners and they're going to be um, set up for like 10 years at that position now. Um, it's ridiculous what they've done. And it's a position where you can afford to start paying your players. It's not like they've they've got the two best tight ends in the league and they're paying them both twenty million a year. It's a a money valuable position that they've they've invested in. It is. I mean I when they showed the clips uh, after the pick, you know, it was him making some tremendous interception plays, breaking things up and then absolutely smashing quarterbacks. And I was like that that that's a Seahawks defender right there. That's exactly how they play. Um, the only thing to that is, obviously, you're not going to play down the flanks against Seattle. The only thing I would say about the division is the division doesn't tend to have anyone that does do that. Um, all the opposition, you slot receivers, tight ends, and running backs that kind of play you through the middle. So it's interesting to see them obviously focus on out wide when actually within the NFC West... Perhaps the linebacker, I mean, Bobby Wagner's back there, but um, through the middle is perhaps the, the area you need to address. 
Mind you, you just need to beat everyone else. And uh, I think you're right. We'll come into their second pick later on, but they certainly have come out of the draft in a very strong position themselves as well. Into six, uh, the Cardinals swap out to 12, move back up to six. Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, I talked earlier on about getting a slightly smaller offensive line uh, for Bryce Young. The Cardinals have decided that's not the way to go for Kyler Murray. He doesn't need small people in front of him. So they've got a six foot six, 313 pound uh, left tackle. Uh, but obviously, it's an area that the Cardinals needed to address. A lot of people raving about him being the best player at position on the board. Feels like another no-brainer. I'm not too sure about that. I, I, I wasn't very infused about Paris Johnson. Um, if he'd slipped down to the bottom of the first, I would have been surprised. And I would have been, you'd consider whether you're going to kick him inside as well because he played inside and... and so as we lose Ian there, uh, Gordon, uh, thoughts on the, the pick? The thing I really like about it is I think they were probably going to take him at three if they couldn't trade down. They trade down, they trade back up, they get him at six, they get the guy they wanted, and they've probably got a top five to ten pick out of Houston along with it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's, again, this, this is true for so much of this draft class. They're not as good as the guy's who were in it last year. And I think next year there's going to be a, a um, the, the Penn State left tackle, I think is a better prospect than Paris Johnson is. But... Bash, bash I, the bash. Yeah. I, I've, I've, not even, I've not even attempted to pronounce his name yet, so I'm not going to give it a go. Um, but if Paris Johnson's the guy they wanted, they went about it in the right way because they did some wheeling and dealing and they picked up some extra picks. Yeah, it felt like a bit of cleverness from the front office there. Um, obviously, new person in the door, wanting to make a good first impression. I think he's probably done a pretty good job so far. Uh, Tyree Wilson then at the Raiders, defensive line player. Um, certainly an area. Max Crosby's been doing a lot of the work by himself. Gives some reinforcements there. Feels like a fairly sensible pickup there. Uh, Ian likes yeah. it more than I do. There's concerns about his his foot injury. Um, I think he's had to have a second surgery on it, which caused some consternation. But in terms of size and length, he he's somebody that that fits more into a potential rather than a production kind of uh, scenario. Um, but if I was picking a, a, a defensive end, I would take I would taken him over Will Anderson. Um, but it's a typical. Raiders pick really isn't it it's um, taking somebody in physicals rather than college production Bijan Robinson then up next to the Falcons uh, an interesting one because obviously a lot of talk about him being top three overall player in the draft might be number one in some people's views is it really a position that the Falcons needed to address um, or do you yeah. think they're right to take him because he's there and not let it slip? So, no, it's not. And no, it's not good value to take a running back eighth overall. A few years from now, we're going to be like, oh, he's, he's the 10th highest paid running back. But you know what? They're probably going to hit him with a franchise tag after five years and they'll get six years out of him and he'll probably be a top five running back for most of that time. Of all the places he could have gone, the two places 
that I thought were going to be most interesting if, if he was a top 10 pick, and I think he probably was always going to be a top 10 pick, were Philadelphia at 10, which I think was pretty unlikely based on how they look at value, and this one. That Atlanta offensive line knows how to block. They're indoors, so it's going to be track meets. And the other thing that's really interesting is, saw someone tweet about this earlier. If you look at how Atlanta played football last year with Arthur Smith there as the head coach, they do a little bit of the kind of positionless football stuff whereby, you know, um, they move players about and all those things. Robinson, I think when he's not going to be a wide receiver in the NFL, but I think they're probably going to move him around more than anyone else would. And he's probably going to get some jet sweeps, all those things. At the end of the day, though, it's one of those, I've, I've known this was going to be my reaction to this pick for a while. Don't love the value, but he's a really good player. And again, going back to what I said about... Um, like this not being a strong draft class. If this was a different draft class, I don't know that he goes in the top 20 in this draft class, with the exception of the guy who came off the board immediately after he did. I don't know that there was a player there that I would have said, yeah, that's definitely the guy I should have taken over Bijan. Well, let's talk about the guy that could have been in that conversation because he ended up going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Ian, did you think there was any chance of getting Jalen Carter? And out of 10, how happy are you? Yeah, Jalen Carter told us. <laughs> there was no surprise. He said, the Eagles said we'd be perfectly happy to take him. We'll do our work on him. I think um, there was concerns in Atlanta about keeping him too close to Georgia um, and some of the influences that he has there. And I think they, that was maybe why the Falcons had paused when it came to taking him for dropping to the Eagles. In fact, the Eagles came up for him, um, traded up one pick, they knew about him because they'd scouted Georgia heavily last year from Nakobe Dean and Jordan Davis. They'd spoken to Jordan Davis and Nakobe Dean about him. Um, they knew what likes his fire. And in terms of um, just athletic talent for a defensive tackle, it's unbelievable how talented he is. He's... he's He's already got the kind of moves that take about five, six years to learn um, when you're in the NFL. He's going to plug straight in, play for the Eagles. The, the Eagles' second defensive unit now, second defensive line is better than a lot of teams' first defensive line in the NFL, which is ridiculous. Um, I'm not sure how they've managed to do that. It probably There'll probably be something that will take place in the rules committee next year to stop the Eagles hoarding talent on the defensive line. And I said hoarding. I didn't say hoarding talent. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a tremendous prospect. Like the, the um, issues that happened in the lead up to the combine and stuff like that, from a legal perspective, are all sorted. So... Um, I don't think anyone else was uh, like going to let him fall much further than this. Um, and I get it's just the Eagles are a really good team who, while being very analytically focused, are also very cognizant of building in the trenches, which I think is a really nice balance to have. It feels it feels a lot like when the Eagles drafted Jerome Brown. You're talking about a a guy who's a transcendent talent coming out of the national champions who had questions about his character. And unfortunately for Jerome, there was also a car crash um, that Jerome was involved in. So the parallels are, are kind of undoubtedly there with a pair of them. Let's hope it 
ends a bit better for Jalen than it did for Jerome. Um, moving into the next couple of picks, then the Bears obviously take a move back. They weren't going to take Carter. They were looking to address the O line. We'll cover the Titans as well as we as both picked up pieces on that front. The Bears taking Darnell Wright. The Titans taking Peter Skoronsky. Both areas that needed to be addressed. Decent enough pickups. Any questions or call-outs? No, I, I think there... So there's questions for both. Again, this is true of this draft class in general. <laughs> Darnell Wright, the questions are... Uh, he looked like he took a big step forward this year. He's physically very dominant, um, but that didn't always show up on tape. Uh, and then Peter Skoronsky, the big question is, what position is he playing? Is he a tackler? Is he a guard? He's got shorter arms, so the tackle things may be a bit of an issue, but he played tackle in college and was good. Um, worst case scenario, I think he's probably a Pro Bowl level guard. And, you know, based on the guy that came off the board after this, then you were getting to the point of the draft whereby, you know, the value maybe wasn't as strong. So I, I think Skronsky is probably the best blocker in this in this draft class. I just don't know where he plays necessarily. Well, let's, let's move on to the next one because it was the first what-the-fuck moment of the night, I think, uh, as the Lions picked up a running back um, and picked up Gibbs, having just picked up David Montgomery. Um, and they've still got DeAndre Swift, do they not? For for now, I suspect that's going to be... Right, this, yeah. this, pick's all, this pick's awful. Yeah. This, this, this pick would have made sense with pick 33 or 34, whatever pick it was they had. He still would have been there. Uh, maybe you might have cleared the board. Why didn't they just stay at six and pick Bijan? That's that, like, yeah. What are they? It's fair enough, right? The the next pick they're going to make is going to be a position of value for the first round. I'm confident. I've not seen who it is yet. <laughs> I know they're not going to do there's, anything stupid like pick a linebacker. There's no way the Lions make the same mistake twice as we go through this draft. Surely, <laughs> the Packers. Uh, Lucas Van Ness uh, from Iowa uh, so they've stuck to form they haven't gone for a receiver of any kind um, so it's not it, just it's Aaron commi- it's commitment to the bit I'll give him that uh, again is this the area that needs addressed at the moment like it's so the trenches are always are never a bad area to go after so this pick is fine I would have taken Kincaid or Jackson Smith and Jigba because you need to figure out what you've got in Jordan Love. Um, and are you going to do that with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs? I don't know. So a player, absolutely fine. Fit, I think is absolutely fine. I think he'll be relatively handy for them. It's just, it's a very Packers pick. Yeah, not not a bad pick at all. And I didn't think that in the slightest. It's just this lackluster. I feel like, given the the change that's just happened, uh, the Packers fans have seen their quarterback leave, and maybe some of them were more than ready for him to go. But what's the first thing that we do with the pick that we've just managed to move up two places to get? Get linebacker. Like, it's just uh, the edge rusher, whatever he's going to be. Like, it just feels a bit meh. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, interest of time. Steelers move up. Uh swapping with the Patriots to take Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia. Again, it's an area that needs addressed in Pittsburgh. Ian, any particular thoughts? 
It's the kind of meh, kind of pick. It's just the 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 put a body on the line. He's not. I don't think he's going to be anything exceedingly special. So, um, I think after the t- maybe like five or six picks, in fact, maybe only two or three picks outside of quarterback, the kind of quality drops off a cliff in this draft. Yeah, this this is a draft. Like I'm, I'm actually more excited for today and tomorrow than I was for the first round because I don't think the gap, I think the gap between the top guys last year and the top guys this year, with the exception of probably Carter, maybe Bryce Young, it is about the same as it is from like the middle of the first round guys in this class to guys that might hear their name called on in round three this year. So I, I think Roderick Jones was, again, solid player. It, it is a need because their offensive line wasn't good last year. Um and they didn't give up a ton to move up from 17 to get there. I suspect what's happened here, though, is they've had to jump to get above the Jets because the next pick by the Jets is also fine, but it's a bit of a reach. Yeah. Well, McDonald, the fourth. The farm. <laughs> um, well, he was, went to Iowa State, so there's a good chance he did have a farm. Um, but, yeah, just there, there was a lot of chat about this being a good fit for the Jets and how they play and I guess that's where that's where a player off the board and player rank doesn't always necessarily tell us the whole story because a player who's perhaps lower ranked is a better suit for the scheme that you play and therefore that's where you see people perhaps succeeding um, Will, McDon- I, Will McDonald's basically a outside linebacker a free four a stand up rusher off the edge and for some bizarre reason uh, Iowa State kept using him as a interior defensive tackle because it's because it's, it's college so you could be yeah. 200 you can be 240 pounds and be successful as long as you're strong in the NFL you go on the inside at 240 pounds you die yes but you, nobody got the chance to actually see how good Will McDonald is rushing around the edge because of the way that they played him so it's still a kind of slight projection for anyone to pick him up and it's a a curious one given the fact that Nolan Smith was still on the board at this point and they're the same type of player and you could argue that Smith's had far more production than Will McDonald has. Yep. Um, Emmanuel Forbes going to the Commanders. I, uh, I love this. So yeah, like, what, Gordon I, and I are agreeing here with it. This is I know. Just, so I, I the, don't like this. The, the thing that worries me with him is he's only like... Gordon, what's your favourite What's your favorite flavour of crisps? Uh, salt and vinegar. Uh, pickled onion for me. We, we uh, disagree slightly. Uh, yeah, they're uh, same same family probably. Yeah, pick, uh, pickle and vinegar. Oh, they're fucking different. Anyway, anyway uh, Manuel Forbes, he's only 160 pounds. So that's a bit of a worry going into the NFL. But knows how to find the football. Uh, he had 14 interceptions, 17 pass breakups in college. Took six to the house. Yeah, he just... He's, he reminds me of Marcus Peters, who I think is probably done with the Ravens, was with the Chiefs and the Rams before he came to Baltimore. But a bit of a Santi Samuel about him as well. Yeah, yeah. There, there are cornerbacks who just... They're magnets for the football. They know how to find it, and he's one of them. And there's also cornerbacks that are magnets for taking business decisions and not tackling. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Forbes, Forbes he, was incredible. He, he, he was he was very enthusiastic at doing it. It's just that once he gets into the the NFL, he's going to get punished a lot more for mm-hmm. trying. Mm-hmm. It, he he should maybe in the <laughs> NFL make some more business decisions. Yes, 
Um, okay. Uh, no, it's not. It's the New England Patriots up next. And they take Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, who a lot of the boards had him a lot higher than Forbes. I I like him. I, get, I, I think this cornerback class is... Cornerback and tackle is probably the, the tight end or the strengths of this draft class. I think Gonzalez is really good. Um, the Patriots love building from the back of the defense forward. Uh, I, I didn't like him as much as... I think I probably preferred Deontay Banks and Emmanuel Forbes over him. So, I, but I think this is the right spot for him to go in. I think it's a decent value, um, and he's a good player. Then we come back to the Detroit Lions, and they pick up Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. So here's the problem I've got with the Lions. If the Lions... Is it not Jared Goff? Because that's what the problem has been the last couple of times we've spoken. Well, I mean, I I probably would have taken Will Levis either 18 or 12 after the trade down. But take whoever you want at cornerback, at receiver, at defensive line, wherever you want, at uh, 12 and 18. And then with the trade with the Cardinals, they would have had 33 and 34. Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell are good picks at 33 and 34. They're not good picks at 12 and 18. They're bad. Jack Campbell's good. He's a big guy, prototypical size, as Cameron would say. Um, Good good football player. He's not the 18th best player in this draft. this This draft was the concern everyone had about the Lions when Dan Campbell stood up and talked about biting kneecaps and all that stuff. It was like, oh, God. All this guy's going to do is just draft gritty football players. That's all he's going to do. Has anyone checked in case that Campbell is Campbell's nephew? Uh, I, I don't believe they're related because there's a quote where Dan Campbell said to him, I like your last name, which is the most Dan Campbell thing I can think of. Why drafted he, him? He's also the reigning William V. Campbell trophy winner, which is the academic Heisman. So a high intellectual player. So there it, it you go. Does, it does feel like that. You know, the Lions are leaning into the whole. We're going to be this smart, tough team. We're we're now the favourites in the in the NFC North, so we'll kind of lean into that. And I just I just don't love it. So no Campbell's condensed soup for you, right? Uh, On to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they take Kalijah Kansi. Defensive line, a good player. Yep, undersized, but incredibly effective rushing passer, free technique. Um, you could see him being a far better selection at that that point for Detroit than Campbell. Um, and he's going to be one of those guys like John Randall that just keeps racking up close to double double digit sacks each each year yeah. if he he gets on a line where he can get one on one against a guard. What a that that's the important thing is he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna give uh, guards a world of trouble one on one against the run. I, I don't know how much you want to play him against the run right away because he can be double teamed and he can be double teamed out of things. The difference, so the comparison with him is obviously Aaron Donald. They both went to pit. They're both really fast, undersized guys. The biggest difference is that Aaron Donald will make an absolute mockery of a double team when you try and hit him with it. Um, Kansi's not there yet. If he develops, he could be really, really dangerous. I, I just kind of like that this is the Bucks going back to 
2001-2002. This is the it's the type of player they had in that cover two scheme back in the day. It was the undersized three tech who can cause some problems up front. And again, in this class especially, I think Kansi's a really good player. Now, the next four, history made. First time in NFL history, four receivers are taken consecutively in the first round of a draft. Uh, so let's batch them together a little bit to, to get through them uh, and talk about them all and who's done well and who's not done so well. So the, C- the Seahawks, first of all, uh, with uh, Jackson Smith, Jigba, uh, great in the slot, obviously. A lot of people had him top of their boards. The Chargers then come straight on the back of that, pick up Quentin Johnston, who's a bit more of a uh, wide receiver one out wide guy. Zay Flowers, who I think appeared in at least 300 of your 500 mock drafts that you did for the Ravens over the past month, Gordon. Uh, and then obviously the Vikings went, ah, shit, we better take a wide receiver then. And Jordan Addison came off the board as well. Um, I don't think there's any bad picks in there, but is there any of them that stand out as the best of the four? Anything that you're worried about? Who? I suppose my big concern, who's throwing the ball to Zay Flowers? Uh, I, well, it depends on who's fit oh, that week. Is it? Is it? Is it the guy who was done in Baltimore, but somehow now has signed a contract that makes him the highest paid player of all time, not fully guaranteed, because he was never going to get the fully guaranteed deal. Uh, and he's now signed a five-year deal with Lamar Jackson. It is. What a wonderful little draft the Ravens had. Lamar Jackson. They didn't draft Lamar time. Jackson this time. That's not yeah. part of the draft. But, but <laughs> it came it came on draft day, so it counts. Uh, I, I think Zay Flowers is fine. I, I, I probably like him less as a player but think it's quite a good fit for what they have on offense. So Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't really have that shifty guy or a deep threat. They lost the deep threat part in Hollywood Brown. Uh, Zay Flowers has like a shiftiness that Hollywood didn't have to him. So I think it's a good fit. I think the Ravens on, on paper on offense look quite dangerous again. Uh, I, think, I think if we were last year, I think we were, if we were in 2002 or maybe 2002, 21, 2022, 21, that um, those four guys would be going uh, consequentially in the second round of the draft. Um, I think you've got four guys who are going to be the second or third option on their teams. One of the guys, has Quentin Johnson, displays monumental levels of misconcentration when he plays. He'll drop so many easy passes. Jordan Addison just seems to be this exact same type of player that they've already got in Minnesota. Um, I don't know if they can force both those guys into the same position effectively. Um, but I think as soon as Seattle picked Smith and Jigba, I think the other three teams effectively panicked and realised they had to get onto that train as well. It's kind so of I- inter- interesting how that works. I So I think the Ravens tried to move down and just couldn't because it took them a wee while to make the pick. And I think there was a lot of teams that probably at this point would have loved to move down and couldn't. Yeah. Um, I would have probably rather gone Deontay Banks or Joey Porter Jr. here if I was the Ravens, but it's fine. Smith and Jigba, I, I love as a player. He's Julian Edelman. And I think he'll be as good as it. Well, maybe not quite as long a career as Edelman had, but like peak career, I think he's going to be as good as Julian Edelman was. And I think that's fine because he's not going to be the number one guy. He'll be a compliment to... It'll be Metcalf long-term. It'll be Metcalf and Lockett this year. I think that works. 
same, like Addison's fine as a compliment to Justin Jefferson. Um, and, and some guys, not everyone can be wide receiver one, right? These are I, vital I roles that people are coming into. To be yeah. in today's NFL, I think it's valuable to have the the other guys. Your th- your second and third option are really valuable these days. And Quentin Johnson, obviously the Chargers, Justin Herbert definitely needed more weapons. He never had his. I think those two games he had his both his main receivers on the field at the same time last year. Very much needed. Uh, has a lot of talent. Um, I think that he's landed in a place where his quarterback can help him have a successful career as well. So, yep, fine. He's he's really good at making people miss. He's, as as Ian said, uh, concentration isn't always there. There's mistakes in his game, but with the ball in his hands, he's probably the best best of these four players. Jacksonville then went on a bit of a trade down, trade down. Uh, the Giants move up. They take Deontay Banks. Good cornerback for them, uh, position of need. So a good pick there. I'm sure that Jamie Bothwick will be pretty delighted with that one. Yeah, he's a good player. That uh, like he's not one of the funniest things though is Maryland listed them at like six foot two, six foot three, something like that. He's not, he's six foot. He's he's fast, he's sub four four speed, and sub four four at six foot still good. Um, so he's a nice physical corner. He's a little bit too physical at times, so that's something he's gonna have to clean up, otherwise he's gonna be getting flagged and Jamie's going to have to go full Paul and blame referees for getting beat um, but good player I like him um, now before we get to the end here guys I am going to ask you for the three players to watch out for on day two um, so start thinking about that but a few more picks to go the Buffalo Bills then move up again as Jacksonville continue to slide further down Buffalo Bills move up to stick it to the Cowboys uh, and pick up Dalton Kincaid which feels like a tremendous pickup. I think lower down in the draft, one of the better moves, other than smug Stevens here, who's going to be smug towards the end of this conversation as well. But um, I've never been smug. I've been candid. I've been reserved. I've been prototypal, modestly, modestly erotic, but I've never (laughs) been smug. But Dalton Kincaid, a good player, and I guess as an Eagles fan, right? Great for you to see the Dallas Cowboys still don't have a tight end one in the building. Um, For the Bills, though, Josh Allen, another great target. And it did feel at times in the red zone, there wasn't that threat uh, on the short yards when it was congested. Uh, And actually a player of Kincaid's capability gives them something else. So maybe elevates them another level. He's a really good fit. Uh, like as a receiver knows how to find soft spots and zone, all that stuff. Like I think there is his ceiling is like Travis Kelsey level of receiver. Now that's, that's a ceiling. So that's not, he's going to be Travis Kelsey, but even if he's not, even if he's 75% of that on a rookie deal, that's, that's fine. Next up then the Dallas Cowboys take Mazzy Smith defensive line out of Michigan. Uh, yeah. You, think you, you think that's a direct response to what the Eagles did last season with their rushing attack? Um, possibly also the, the Giants with Saquon Barkley coming back into form. I think that was just a direct response from um, the Cowboys to the threat that they see within the division. What The one thing that always horrifies me when 
is draft night. It's when they go to the Cowboys draft room and you see all the horrible troll-like spawn of Jerry Jones just wandering around in the background. These rancid little creatures that seem to be just... They just look like they're inbred. Um, I don't like it. Stop having your grandchildren <laughs> in, in the draft room. It terrifies me. Um, the The thing for me as well is like... I won't name names, but a Dallas Cowboys fan had messaged me this morning to say that he assumed I'd had a lovely night's sleep last night because obviously the Niners didn't have a pick. Uh, and I was like, yeah, do you know what? You're right. No reason to stay up and watch it I'd, as a Niners I'd fan. Rather, I'd rather but... have stayed in my bed than stayed up till four in the morning to see my team draft a nose tackle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was... <laughs> and and, Smith, and Smith's, fight, Smith's fine as a player. Sorry if I ruined your joke there. If that's the joke. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but it, it was pretty much where I was going to go. It's like, yeah, I'd rather have not been up at all than to sit up till four in the morning. Seeing that the tight end is still there seeing that the guy that you want that Kincaid has managed to drop is there we're going to get our man we're going to get our man and then see the bills move up and know immediately what's going to happen and then go all right well fine let's see what the backup plan is and it's Mazzy Smith (laughs) so right anyway um Jacksonville Jaguars Offensive tackle, Anton Harrison. Obviously, Cam Robinson looking like he's going to be suspended. His position of need as much as anything. Fairly decent pickup there, I think. Um, Bengals. Yeah, the the next three picks are really, really interesting because the next three picks are guys who have the potential to have been top 10 players. And for one reason or another, the three of them have all dropped down into the bottom of the draft. Two of the teams look to be contenders. The other team, obviously, the Saints. Um, uh, Miles Murphy, people thought he was going to be a top five pick entering he, into he the was, draft he was, pro- he process. Was ph- he was phenomenal as a freshman, and then he just never got any better, which is, you know, I, again, looks like a pass rusher. He's going to the team that will help him develop. but it, it looks like Carlos Dunlap all over again. Yeah. And I then like you, that. Brian Brian Bussey, who he suffered um, bad injury, suffered I think he had a kidney infection as well. He lost his younger sister, so he had a, he was like Miles Murphy. He had a fantastic freshman season, but then he dropped off. But he looks like he's going to end up being a a really good professional if he if he sticks it together. I think the Saints have got an absolute bargain with him. And then the the Eagles still having Nolan Smith on the board, and apparently the Eagles were were taking quite a lot of um, teams wanting to trade up to get back into the first round. And uh, how Roseman said uh, his quote was, "We decided we weren't going to be cute. We just went and got Nolan Smith, and he seems to be the leader of that entire um, Georgia defense that have been so dominant the past two seasons. He's." an explosive edge rusher. Everybody was comparing them to Hassan Reddick, and then he goes to the team that has Hassan Reddick, and it's it doesn't seem fair. It's going to be wave after wave of defensive linemen that are just going to be attacking teams in the NFC next season. I'm fascinated to see how the Eagles use him because he's small, and you know, and to the extreme. But for a guy who's small, he held up really well against the run at Georgia. Um take on pulling blockers, all that stuff. So that that's really interesting for me. Um, and then go, going back to Jacksonville, though, if Jacksonville just stayed where they were and taken Anton Harrison, it's like, 
okay, fine. Like, it's all right. It's a pick they probably need to make because Cam Robinson seems like he's about to be suspended and possibly for the full season or a good half a season at least. So that makes sense. But they picked up, I think, three extra picks. I mean, yeah. two fourths and a two fourths and a sixth or something like that to move down those spots. Like that's it felt very sensible for Jacksonville. It's just re- really and a, and a team that a team that um you know are on the ascendancy were the best team in the AFC South last year aren't that far away from putting themselves like within touching distance of the contenders in the AFC. So just those extra picks, if you you hit on a starter in that fourth round, you know the next few years you give yourself a, a nice big boost. Absolutely. Uh, okay, last man on the board, obviously, played to the home crowd. There was a lot of chat on the coverage saying there's no way the Chiefs can trade down here with that massive crowd. <laughs> it would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious if they had. <laughs> can Can we talk about before this, that when, so I'm assuming it was something to do with the fact that it was the Eagles and then the Chiefs, so there was the Kelsey thing. The combination of Jason and Travis Kelsey's mum and the dude perfect guys that came out before the that was nonsense. What like what the hell was that? And, yeah, why did they flip a coin? It's dude, it's dude perfect. It's those guys that like Yeah, not, but why did they flip a giant coin? I don't I, get I don't what know. they were doing. I don't it was nonsense. Anyway, yeah. onto the pick. Uh I like it. Felix Anaduki Uzama. I'm gonna save you that, Cameron, because you were I've been practicing. I I pretty certain I said his name right last week and you shot me down because you said that I brought him up only because he's the name I'd been practicing. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) Anudiki is over. So I'd been working on it. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not how you pronounce it. Anudiki Uzoma. Yeah, it's close enough. We'll we'll give you it. Uh, Good player. uh, Like, gets around the edge really well and converts uh, converts pressures to sex. So... It's fine. Grand. And then we've, so we finished the whole thing with a bang, a few fireworks and, and off we went into the, into the wee hours. Right guys, uh, we've been prattling on for a while. So what I want now is your top three names that you're looking forward to day two. Who are the players that you're looking to see where they land? Start with you, Gordon. Uh, everyone's going to focus on Michael Mayer at tight end. I was Sam Laporta for 20 missed tackles on, it's either 60 or fewer than 60 receptions last year. So I really like him. Uh, I also really like Julius Brents, the Kansas State cornerback. He's like six foot three, uh, runs a four five five, which for a six foot three guy is pretty incredible. Um, doesn't miss a lot of tackles, all that stuff. He, he's not entirely dissimilar from Tariq Woolen, I think, as a player. So I really like him and uh, Jonathan Mingo, the Mississippi wide receiver. Like of all the guys that's left, there's like. I think you've got a few of the kind of smaller guys like Tank Dell, Josh Downs, who fit a role as a slot guy. I don't know how many guys there are that could be steals as future number one wide receivers. And if there was one guy who surprises everyone and becomes that, who's left in this class, I think it would be Mingo. Grant, Ian, your three. Um, I think Joey Porter's the one that's very the most kind of interesting out of everyone. I think People thought it could have been a top 10 pick. Obviously, the son of Joey Porter Sr., very famous Pittsburgh linebacker and Pittsburgh draft number one in the second round if they don't trade out of it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Porter. I think there'll be a lot of teams maybe in the top 10 in that draft that'll be hoping they can get their hands on him. Um, Hendon Hooker's a name 
that's interesting because he's the next in the quarterback list to be up effectively, but he's 25 and he's coming off an ACL injury. So is there a team that was so glad he didn't go in round one? Yeah. It would have been unhinged for a 25 year old with an ACL injury to have gone in round. And it's from a from a weird offense in Tennessee. Round two's round two's fine. It just there was no way that was worth a first round pick. Is he going ahead of Levis? I think he might. I think um I don't think he's going to go to the Patriots because with Robert Kraft there, there's no way they're bringing in a hooker. Um, I think uh, Darnell Washington is somebody that's just so fun as a tight end, as a, a blocker. It's like the second coming of Mercedes Lewis. But um, I think the guy that would be the most fun for a team to pick up is going to be Cody, Cody Mosh. 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 Mouch. Um, Cameron, how do you pronounce it? I was going to say that just sounded like phlegm. I don't know what you said. There's Cody there's a great clip. There's Cody a great Bock. clip of him where uh, an Australian NFL analyst whose name I don't know was on the Chris Sims show talking about gambling, and they were talking about a surprise first round picks that you could bet on. And he said Cody Mock. I think that's how you pronounce it. But in an Australian accent, Chris Sims thought it was Cody Mark. So you can see Chris Sims' face where he's like trying to process this and he's trying to figure out like, who is this guy? And then afterwards he was like, I was sitting here trying to figure out who you were talking about. I thought I'd missed a prospect that could go in the first round. It's like, who is Cody Mark? Cody Mock in an Australian accent. He, he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have any teeth, long blonde hair. And I think if he, he gets kicked into guard, I think he could end up being a Pro Bowl guard. I think he'd be he's going to be absolutely fantastic when he, he makes it in the NFL. Yep. Well, there you go. That's our round one and takes. Um, nothing that hot because, to be honest, for the most of it, it felt fairly sensible. Other than I think, unless you're a Lions fan or a Cowboys fan. There's nothing really to be all that worried about. It's been fine. There's been some decent pickups. If you're an Eagles fan, you could be delighted. If you're a Bills fan, you could be pretty damn happy too. Um, but yeah, on to round two and three. Uh, and for me, I'll be going to bed once again. And by the time I get up tomorrow morning, I think the Niners will be making about our first pick of the whole draft. So and I'll get my cup second. of coffee. And then you make the third. Yeah, and then that's it. <laughs> so there you go but listen thanks for taking the time to listen to this uh, and every single podcast share your thoughts on Twitter at Scotland NFL we'll be back again we'll do something a bit more deep divey with all the latest news all the draft outcomes and we need to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson in a bit more detail but we'll make sure that Patterson's here for that because why wouldn't we anyway thanks for taking the time to listen enjoy the draft bye for now (laughs) 